Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. We're here on the Oz Network to talk about uh, the biggest movie release of the summer. Apologies to Guardians of the Galaxy, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, and Transformers Rise of the Beasts. uh, Because the big ones here, uh, we're finally talking about Mission Impossible. Uh, Too soon? (laughs) No, am I too soon? (laughs) I'm too early. (laughs) Flashback. Uh, 2015. uh, Batman, Superman. No, we are back, and we are here to talk about The Flash, 2023's Flash, starring everybody's favorite, Ezra Miller, <laughs> and that guy that uh, I'm sure nobody's interested in seeing again, Michael Keaton, who? and a bunch of other people. Uh, it depends what timeline you're in. You may not know who he is. Eric Stoltz or somebody uh, <laughs> is in this movie. <laughs> uh, but this is the movie that a lot of people have a lot of opinions on without having even seen it, and... Uh, I had to wait an extra day to see this, and I was dying. And I had to wait all afternoon to talk to somebody about it, and I've been dying. So I finally get to talk about it. So I'll just say, my name is Colin, and I know sex exists. I've just never experienced it. There it is. I, I think it was perfect for you. That was going to be my line. But <laughs> the like, second it came up, I'm like, I'm writing it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of assumed you'd have to go with that one. Uh, my name is Ben, and you should seek the help of a mental health professional. The Oz Network isn't very good at that part yet. Trust me. <laughs> that had to have been a reshoot after some of the, the Ezra Miller drama. <laughs> Must have been. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I mean, uh, what do we, we have to refer to they, them, right? That's, oh, sorry, they, them, yes. Yeah. So he's not a he, he's a they, them. Okay, just to Which clarify. Which I love completely off Ezra Miller topic here. Just saw a story pop up saying Demi Lovato has ditched the, uh, what do you call them, pronouns or whatever, and is now going back to she, her, because she's tired of explaining to people what they, them means. So. <laughs> and, that's, and that's why pronouns are important, people, because if you get tired of it, you just give up on it. Just kind of like life. Just give up. Yeah, just give up, kids. That's the message that Demi Lovato is sending you. If you want to be your true self and call yourself they, them, but if it's too hard, give up. Just give up. Just give up the Demi Lovato way. I won't go further on thoughts on Demi Lovato of giving up other things. Anyways, um, <laughs> back to Ezra Miller and The Flash. I mean, this movie... I think everybody exploded as soon as they knew that Michael Keaton was going to be in this movie. And then they exploded even more when the trailer came out. And maybe because, you know, there's been a lot of trauma with uh, Ezra Miller and everything. The, like The promotion has been very low key because there's less people to promote this movie. It feels like a lot of the buzz kind of died down the last couple of weeks. But like, like this movie to me completely lives up to the hype. Uh, and more so. And this isn't just us DC fanboying out. Like, I think the things that I appreciated most about this movie was that it wasn't what a lot of these other crossover movies or fan service movies have been. And this is going to be no knock to Spider-Man no, no Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home 
did it perfectly for seeing that movie with a crowd for the first time, but does it have as much depth to it? Is there as much reason for Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield being in the movie as there is for Michael Keaton and some of the other stuff we get in this movie? I mean, to me, this movie delivers in that it has a great idea. It has a lot of stuff to get people excited, but then it actually has substance to it. And that's what I was really shocked at. It's like how, how every single scene in the past, I'm like, this actually makes sense. And it's not there to just make the fans cheer. There's a couple moments of that at the end, which we'll get to when we get to spoiler parts in a separate episode. But uh, wow, this movie just blew me away. And I, I I cannot wait to talk about even the spoiler-free stuff, which we're here to talk about now with you. Yeah, no, uh, 100% the same way. I managed, I when you initially told me you were seeing this, I was sort of like, oh, I'm away at the moment. I probably won't be able to see this till like next week, just with timing and everything. And I was back home in Tassie. And essentially, I was like, oh, I'm not doing much on the Thursday morning. Maybe I'll see it. And then I'm like, oh, they're actually showing preview screenings tonight. I'm not doing anything tonight. So I went and saw it like before Colin. So yay, go me. But so I've been waiting even longer to talk about this because I absolutely fucking loved it. This is the best superhero movie I've seen probably since No Way Home. And I don't know if I had a feeling. Like, I mean, I walked out of the original Justice League liking it. I think I was the only person who did. But um, I absolutely loved it. And I, I agree with you completely. I think that, you know we're kind of in this trend now of multiverse movies and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I don't think it's quite waned as much as some people are complaining about it right now. Wayne, Wayne, Bruce, <laughs> Bruce. waned uh, as much as people are complaining about, but yeah, that's a solid point. Like this movie kind of feels the need for doing what they did. Whereas again, I've only seen no way home once, but obviously loved every second of it. But again, that was very much, done in a way where, you know, clearly they're cashing in a certain way. I mean, not to take away the fact that they've got Michael Keaton, they're going to cash in on this, but it does feel more relevant. And I'm not dissing No Way Home because I think you just make a very solid point with that. I've seen a lot of complaints about this movie saying they went too far on the fan service. To be honest with you, like, I didn't think they did at all. Like, if anything, yeah. given somebody who's not a huge fan of the Tim Burton Batman movies who haven't seen them in a long time. So I don't know a lot of these quotes that people are complaining about. Oh, it's on the nose. The let's get dirty or whatever line it was. And a couple of the other lines that he says, like for somebody who doesn't know it, like, yeah, okay, cool. But some people are complaining about that. I'm like, there's like a few little bits of fan service in this. If anything, it's up there with no way home where it does it in a way we like, okay, this isn't rise of Skywalker. This yeah. isn't over the top. This to me is what, I was maybe expecting Doctor Strange to be like a little bit kind of, you know, on that level where you connect it to other things without going crazy. And I also think, and I read a great review about it, which I completely agree with, the way they end this and the way this movie works, I kind of am bored with what um, old mate saying about this kind of resets the DCEU because you can take this in a myriad of directions now and not completely go, oh, well, the Snyderverse was just mm -hmm. worthless. Like, they've done that in a way which is clever, which I don't think Marvel have done yet with what they've done with the multiverse. So, yeah, I absolutely love this movie. And can I just also say, I know we're going to talk about the actors separately, Ezra Miller, amazing. And I'm really oh, yeah. sad that they are, like, <laughs> enemy number one right now because this should be the career-defining moment of their career. I'll go as far as to say, if you're going to exclude, say, the Christopher Nolan movies, this might be the greatest performance, single performance in a superhero movie, maybe next to only Hugh Jackman in like X-Men 2 and Christopher Reeve in the original Superman. Like, mm. this is a definitive portrayal because he's he's really doing two characters in this movie. Oh, I think yeah, he is. The, yeah, and one of the reasons why I think this movie, um, it, it works on so many levels is that we never got the Flash origin story. and. Mm. 
the trailer we're, we're gonna touch on some spoiler stuff over on patreon we'll, we'll get to that soon you'll get but, you'll uh, get a warning before we do folks don't worry because yeah, there's stuff will. we have to talk about but yeah <laughs> but uh yeah the, the the way that this movie exists is that it is both the origin story and the flash solo film sequel to the snyderverse movies at the same time and I love there's even references to Back to the Future in this movie uh, and a lot of them. But really, I'm watching this movie thinking if this movie's anything, it's not trying to copy Spider-Man No Way Home, which it's funny. I've seen a lot of people online who have been like, oh, they're just trying to copy Spider-Man. It's like this movie was done filming before Spider-Man No Way Home even came out. It's been sitting on the shelf that long. Not to mention the fact that the Crisis on Infinite Earths TV storyline that set this up with Ezra Miller appearing in the TV series, setting this up was like two years prior to them even filming this movie. Um, but this this whole thing is sort of done in a way where it's like, it's not a multiverse movie the way that all these other movies are doing. This is just like back to, I would say this is more a time travel movie that spawns a multiverse. It is not about, oh, multiverse exists. And you haven't seen Spider-Man Across Spiders yet, but one of my opinions on that was that it was the best multiverse explanation I've ever seen, where they actually gave a reason for it in that movie. Where Better like, than everything oh, ever okay. all at once? Well, I mean, the, the, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Everything everywhere all at once, it never really sits down and explains to you this is how it started, you know? Mm. And this movie does, at certain times of the movie, kind of plant that seed of a multiverse exists because of this and not that, oh, the way that, you know, not trying to knock uh, Multiverse of Madness too much, but I think the more of these multiverse movies that come out and do it so much better, I'm realizing, like, how much they did miss the boat with that. That just says, well, a multiverse exists and it's always existed and now let's just have some fun with it. It's like, no, this is saying we we are creating a multiverse in this universe. Mm. And that, yeah, like you're right. The way that this movie ends, which we won't get into too much of the spoilers, it does open up so many different options of what you could have. And I think a lot of people are going to watch this movie and their brain's going to be thinking at the end, they're going to be like, you know, if you were mad about James Gunn taking over, you're going to be like, I don't think I'm so mad about it anymore. And if you weren't mad about it, if you're like, oh, James Gunn's just going to, wash everything clean you're like oh but maybe he's not like it, it really has so many different directions they can go while the movie still has a complete ending this isn't like a movie that's like oh everything's still broken you know back to square one it's i kind of am very intrigued now how blue beetle and aquaman are gonna go because i kind of almost wish this was the last snyderverse movie um because it would set up you know perfectly for what we're gonna get but um yeah, like I love the like the Back to the Future one. I think I obviously haven't seen Spider Verse, although I I read a lot of compar. I didn't actually read many comparisons to this to No Way Home. It was more of the oh, what a shame that this came out like two weeks after Spider Verse, and Spider Verse did it better. Like I again, I don't know if it did or not. That's a that's a conversation that we can have when I eventually see it one day. But I the Back to the Future reference outside of one of the funniest moments in this entire movie. I was laughing out loud so much during a conversation, which we can talk about in the spoiler one. There's two moments in this movie, which I have not laughed so hard in my life. It was so funny. Um, but it is very back to the future. And I think the beauty, mm -hmm. we're doing back to the future later this year, very excited for it, is time travel in anything is complicated because again, yeah. there is no right or wrong with time travel. You can interpret it however you want to. And I think the beauty of back to the future, why that stood the test of time is it does explain it in such a simple way. It is mm -hmm. complicated if you get to the crux of what they're trying to explain, but it is done in such a simple way that for nearly 40 years, we've gone like, yeah, we understand time travel. That's how it works. And I think this is what this movie does too. There's one scene when with Michael Keaton and the spaghetti that is just basically yeah. like, this is how time travel works. And you're like, okay, I get it. Let's have fun with the film. And yeah. 
it just it works that way and you're right like it's just I mean, we are in multiverse madness in, in all the films. I mean, how perfect would it be if all of a sudden DC, Marvel, everything everywhere all at once, Sony, they all come together and goes, hey, guys, we can make the biggest thing in the history of movies. Let's do a multiverse movie of all of our franchises together. Like, would blow up the universe. That would, oh. like, triple the budget of Avatar, um, Infinity War, everything together, let's be honest. But, Our dreams finally fulfilled. We'll have Michelle Yeoh taking on Tobey Maguire. That's what oh, we've always hoped for, right? <laughs> don't, don't get me erect. Um, <laughs> but just everything. And like back to Ezra Miller, like seriously, just the fact that they are playing two characters. Like that's the mm-hmm. thing. The two stars of this movie are Ezra Miller. Like the two yeah. main characters are Ezra Miller. And, and they're always on screen together. They are. And like, this isn't one of those ones where it's kind of like, oh, lol, there's two of them. Let's do the split screen. Let's like, there are literally moments in this film where you've got, they, I, I, I'm probably going to slip up and say him. I'm sorry if I do. I'm not doing it to be offensive. It's it's hard. All right. I'm trying to be woke. Demi, Demi Lovato is going to forgive you. Don't worry. Exactly. But like, there's a part like when they, they carry each other through a wall. Yeah. And like, like it's seamless. And you literally forget that that is the same actor playing both characters. And it's incredible because they're so different to each other that it just works. And as you said, like they 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 somehow shoehorn an origin story because I don't read the comics. I don't know the origin story of the Flash. This isn't mm-hmm. Superman or Batman or Spider Man where I've seen it fifty eight thousand times. I know why they become who they are. I've never no idea how the Flash became the Flash. So it was kind of cool to see that. So like everything that they do just connects the dots. And somehow they make Michael Keaton. And like, it is a bit like No Way Home in the fact that I kind of was expecting like, oh, if Tom McGuire or Andrew Garfield are going to be in it, it's just going to be like, a, oh, he's a five minute cameo. Lol, wasn't that yeah. funny? But they became like major parts of the plot. Michael Keaton is probably the third most important person in this movie behind the two Ezra Millers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like that surprised me. And again, as not a non-Tim Burton Batman fan, I've never been high on Michael Keaton as Batman because I don't really like those movies. He's brilliant in this movie. Better than, mm-hmm. I'd say, better than Spider-Man. I've not seen Birdman. Uh, like, just incredible. So bring, Michael Keaton surely is going to be in, uh, you know, moving forward with James Gunn-verse, surely. Yeah, well, uh, one thing I want to say on Michael Keaton is that, you know, obviously there was no way they were going to keep this spoiler free. Um, and for for people who are saying, oh, this is so big on the fan service, stuff like that, there's like two lines in this movie that he gives. And he does, there's only one of them where he gives it where it's like, oh, I get what they're doing there. This is a nod to the original movies. Uh, the way that they introduce him in this movie is what I'm impressed with because mm. it's not Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield where they emerge and you're just waiting for the applause. You know he's about to come. Mm. And when he's introduced, you're like, is that him? Like, I, yeah. and, and it's just a guy in the movie. And from that point on, there's no point where they want the audience to pause and be like, yay, it's Michael Keaton. Okay, come on, give us one of those lines. He's just a guy in this movie. And sticking close to the comic, because I mean, the, the, the Flashpoint storyline that this is based on is what was used to kind of reset the DC comic universe like 10, 11 years ago or whenever they did it. And it was basically this. It was the Flash time travels, creates alternate realities, visits an alternate reality where there's this aging Batman they kind of have to team up together and they nailed that. And, and, and you could have done this with anybody. You could have done this with a, uh, the, the crisis on infinite earths, uh, TV crossover that they did. They kind of did this with Kevin Conroy, the good guy did the voice in the Batman animated series appearing as that older Batman, but you could have done that. You could have had just an actor, but it's not just, we're going to get Michael Keaton in this movie when he's there. You're like, Oh, 
there's a reason for this now. And it, it, when I get the spaghetti scene starts, you're like, now I'm starting to connect the dots. This movie also doesn't want to always be outsmarting you. And I think no. I'm, I'm kind of tiring of these movies where it's like plot twist. Nobody saw that coming. Most of the twists in this movie, the audience is meant to be a little bit ahead of the characters. Like when there, when there is a, a reference to Back to the Future in this movie, I'm like, oh, I see where you're going with this. And it takes the characters a while to get there. You know, when when they're going off to try to find another character, you know, uh, a non-Flash, non-Batman character, I'm like, I know where you're going with this. It, it, you don't have to always be trying to surprise the audience. It, sometimes it is more fun if the audience can be a little bit ahead of the characters in the movie. And then you don't have to worry about that anticipation where you're going to have two people. You're going to have... The audience members who are just like, yeah, and they just explode. And it's like that fan service that works on one viewing and never again. And you're also not going to have the people who are like, I totally saw that coming because you're not trying to surprise them. I mean, in all seriousness, we the one the major important thing we haven't mentioned about also why we love this movie. Tom Cruise loves this movie. Did you read the story yes. about Tom Cruise ringing up the director to basically like, hey, <laughs> I love this movie. Like, seriously, that's when your movie is great. <laughs> but you're right because, you know, I mean, not to take away and again in the spoiler part, which we'll get to there, there is a couple of moments which is almost like a hey everyone look get mm-hmm. excited but like these you're right with the michael keaton reveal it doesn't go that far um yeah because even in the scene when he gets revealed i'm sort of going like oh, okay clearly this is michael keaton but then when this it's like a fight and you're kind of like going like is this michael keaton and then mm-hmm. kind of when you see it, and like i thought then they were going for like a real like piss take on the poor character just the way they reveal him but then they kind of get over it pretty quickly because this movie can i just say is genuinely funny i i read yeah. a lot of bits saying like again like oh it's like this superhero thing of being quippy no this is how you do comedy in a this is back to the future style comedy this isn't mm-hmm. over the top quippy like yes i like the joss whedon justice league i will admit it but yes, that does go a little bit too far on the Marvel style quippiness. And it did feel at the time out of place because we hadn't really seen that in DCEU. And yeah, we kind of get that occasionally in the DCEU that is a bit on the nose as we complain about a Marvel. But like this is just does it perfectly because in the first like opening moments of this movie, it kind of knows what it is and it balances that so well. But yeah, like the, the stand up and cheer moments are great. Again, having not seen No Way Home since the movies, I don't know how that is now having seen it. I'm sure it's still, it's Tobey Maguire. I'm still going to get a hard on. But like, it's still that level of, yeah, the, in the cinema at the time, it was amazing. But what's it going to be like now? This doesn't mm-hmm. go that far with it. And I think the thing, I think the perfect thing about this film as well is that I feel with No Way Home, like, yeah, there were those references. Yeah, like the little, like, I'm somewhat of a scientist myself <laughs> moment. Like yeah. things like that, I get it. But to me, you needed to see the Spider-Man movies, like the originals, to really get like the Willem Dafoe and the connections and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one, like, yeah, I'm sure if you've watched Tim Burton's Batman and Batman Returns 58,000 times, you're going to get a little bit more. But again, someone who hasn't seen them in a long time, I didn't feel I needed to know what happened in those movies. And I think that, I think that's perfect. Even the final scene, which again, will be in our spoiler bit, like... I was literally the only person who reacted in the cinema. It was silent except for me. I was the annoying one who reacted because I don't think anyone in that cinema got it. And like, I'm yeah. like, what is happening right now? That was exciting. But even if you didn't know, like there's always those articles on like screen rant explaining the final scene in the flash. What does it mean? Um, but yeah, I think what I'm trying to say is you don't really need to go. And this is what DC, as we always keep saying, does so well is that 
these the DC, I think, pretty much after Justice League were basically like, okay, they're going to be connected, but they're not that connected. So pretty much these are all standalone movies that are going to do their own thing. So that's kind mm-hmm. of, as we talked about with James Gunn, annoys me when he says they're not connected. They are connected. They're just not well, Marvel connected. Yeah, and uh, I, I I held off on listening to it. Michael Rosenbaum had James Gunn on his podcast uh, like a couple weeks ago. And I just finished. He was going to come on ours, but we ago. were too busy. It's just Colin and I. We refused. Said, James, go away. I'll settle, I'll settle for Rosenbaum, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, th- he did, without actually coming right out and giving a lot of opinions, you can kind of get that he's not a fan of the MCU. And I'm starting to sense that just based on like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and a lot of the talk about how he didn't want them to be involved in Infinity War. He always wanted them to be their own separate thing. And um, some of the things he talked about was like the superhero fatigue. And he's saying, there's not superhero fatigue. There's just generic movies that are all the same thing over and over again, fatigue. And he also talked about all movies having too much comedy. He says, I like funny movies. I mean, he makes them, but he says, but I also like the serious movies that are just a straight drama. And when he was asked like, what are your favorite superhero movies? He, he was basically obligated, okay, am I just saying MCU or other ones? And he's like, all right, well, if it's MCU, I'm going to say Iron Man. He goes, but my favorites are Superman the movie and Deadpool. And uh, what was the third one? He said, oh, and Into the Spider-Verse. He basically said those are movies. So his favorite superhero movies aren't even the, the MCU style of films that he kind of helped create. So it's given me a lot more faith about what he can do going forward and the fact that it's like, he he likes things that are connected, but then he also says there's a place for them not being connected. And I think that's one of the other things. This movie is obviously very connected. It, the only movie you really have to see, you can even skip Justice League if you want. Yeah. The only one you really have to see to understand this movie is Man of Steel. And that's because yeah. it involves people seeing from the trailers. It involves Man of Steel, which, by the way, I, the one thing I kind of wish that I had not known going in was that. Mm. And I understand why they had to promote that. And it has a lot to do with Ezra Miller is not going to be out there promoting this movie what are we going to do well we got to make sure that we got michael shannon and the, the girl plays supergirl sasha cal we need somebody to promote this movie so let's reveal them in the trailers but and it's not like i'm upset i still enjoyed the movie it didn't take away from my enjoyment of this movie but i just i almost envied somebody who might have gone in not seeing the trailers when you get to the zod and the supergirl stuff to really get that better reaction where it's like oh i didn't see that 100 percent. and if there's one disappointment i had in the movie it was maybe that just because like i read an interview with michael shannon and i kind of agree with him he was kind of like yeah look i'm, I'm not actually happy with my performance because i didn't really add anything to this character he's like man of, he's like he loves man of steel michael shannon like yeah. i think that's why he came back and did yeah. this he asked for um, Zack Snyder. He basically said, I will only do this movie if Zack Snyder says I can do this movie. Nice. Yeah, he has permission to do The Flash. And I love Michael Shannon. Like, everything I've seen him mm. in, he's, he's incredible. I think we talked him up heavily when we did Man of Steel. But he basically was like, yeah, like, at the end of this movie, what did it add to the character? I'm just there basically almost as an action hero, like like an action yeah. figure. And on a plot device. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's, it's right. Like, really, nothing really adds to this with the man. And we're fans of Man of Steel. And I feel like you kind of, you lost a trick there. And and this isn't me just saying it because they've gone like, oh, we couldn't get Henry Cavill, so let's make Superman a woman. Like, I get the point of a Supergirl character, but she's kind of pointless. Like, I just... I, that I disagree on. Uh, I just, I didn't I, really I think, feel, I didn't feel anything with this character. I'm just well, kind of like, eh. We'll t- I think we'll talk about it more when we get to spoilers, but uh, I-, I think that she needed to be in this movie as opposed to Superman, at least in the role she's in. But to me, what I was more disappointed with is that we know we have the Supergirl movie they're developing now. Mm. And I've read the, the comic book series. It was like 10-issue comic book series that it's based on. And this actress, Sasha Kell, like, there's there's one scene she has in this movie, which is 
really her big scene where she first confronts Zod, where I'm like, oh, this girl would play the woman of tomorrow, the one that they're developing well. But I think they've already said, oh, no, it's not going to be her. I hope they keep her around because there's a few moments here where I'm like, wow, they would really be onto something with her. She's, I mean, she's great. Like, Sasha Cow's great. I think she gives it her all and she does everything she can with this. I just, I just think it's kind of pointless. If there's one pointless part of this film, it's this. Like, that's... And, like, I still, like, any time they revisit it, like, we talked up in, like, Batman v Superman, we love sort of having the Bruce Wayne kind of connections. And there's, like, a, a Flash connection to that whole section as well. Which, yeah. again, for it's it's so interesting to me that everybody who, like, is all like, oh, well, they fucked up in those early parts and DC are trying to distance themselves from what they did early on. Everything is always connected, <laughs> basically, to Batman v Superman and Man of Steel. Like, literally, yeah. like... Everything that you can, if you had a spaghetti strain of how this mm-hmm. universe has developed, it's all connected to what they've done in those beginning films. Oh, there was a plan from the beginning. Yeah, they're not connected. Like, but I mean, like, <laughs> fuck off. Like, seriously, like, ugh, just annoys me. But I mean, I, I love seeing Michael Shannon back. I absolutely love having Michael Shannon back in some capacity. Uh, it's it's fantastic. And even some of his like minions are this original one from Man of Steel, aren't his they? Wife, as well, yeah, yeah. Because the only one was that Billy Crudup didn't come back because he was filming. Uh, mm-hmm. the newsroom or whatever it is. So that it's a different dad. Ron um, Livingston, which you no know, one thing I'll say about that. I mean, I, I, I love Billy Crudup, but, uh, and I was, when I saw the trailers, I'm like, Billy Crudup's not in this movie. I'm like, Ron Livingston. I, he's, I think most well known for, um, was it, was it office space? He was in, I think, sure. but, uh, I'm not like a huge fan of his, but in this movie, to me, he feels like this would be Ezra Miller's dad. Yeah. You know, it, it, I don't think he's as good of an actor. I don't think his performance is as good as what we would have gotten from Billy Crudup. But you kind of buy them with a the family connection a little bit. And more. it's the same Iris West, isn't it? Kiersey Clements. It's the same woman yeah, from... Which I, I, like I didn't recognize. It's a different look for yeah. her than we, we had. In the, so I was convinced. I'm like, did anybody not get recast in this? But it is the same. And yeah, she's got a smaller role in this than I think I expected. But still really good. Yeah, I was, I was sad that you didn't really get more of her. Um, because... She's also a journalist. What is it about DCU and having sexy <laughs> journalists? I'm a journalist. I've never met like a Lois Lane or her sexy like that. <laughs> Maybe I need to do something a little bit more with myself. But uh, but even like, I mean, obviously, again, we'll get into the cameos because there's there's at least a couple in this film which I like. I I don't know if you were spoiled because apparently a few of these spoils, spoilers leaked out before the movie of some of these cameos. We'll I was get, lucky I didn't. I I didn't get any of them. Um, and there was at least honestly the three major ones I had no clue about and was completely blown away. Um, but I mean, even Ben Affleck, like at the beginning, like again, he's great. Like it's, I, I, I respect that about Ben Affleck because again, everyone was same with Henry Cavill. They're both like Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill are done. They've walked away from the DCEU. They don't want to do this, but Ben Affleck still like, put, I mean, he went to the premiere, all the stories about yeah. the premiere outside of Ezra Miller and kind of like their comments that they said, it was all about Ben Affleck and JLo, like basically humping on the red carpet. And like <laughs> JLo is basically kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm here to support him. I love seeing him as Batman. Of course you do. He's in like a tight leather suit, but like, it's just I respect the fact that you've got these people like Ben Affleck, you know, you've got Michael Shannon, these people who are doing these roles that, you know, some people like turn their nose up on like, oh, I don't want to do that. Even I think Michael Keaton for a long time was kind of distancing himself from this, wasn't he? Yeah. Like, so, but I, I respect that. Tobey Maguire famously walked away from Spider-Man and wanted nothing to do with it. So, like, I think kind of there's so many of these levels where I can respect that. Sure, a big, fat, healthy paycheck probably entices them a little bit. <laughs> But I, I I don't see Daniel Craig in twenty years time going like oh oh sure old buddy in the James Bond multiverse movie I'll don my tux in. Daniel Craig is fuck off like he is Sean yeah, Connery I am done. Um, <laughs> by the time we get to that, it's only going to be Brosnan and Lazenby's probably one hundred and twenty. <laughs> I'll do it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get this movie canceled before we even start shooting. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's anything else to really talk about. Do you want to, you want to, oh, uh, before get, we get to our, yeah, before we get to the thing, the one thing I would touch on here, um, the one thing that kind of also annoys me a little bit with it, honestly, this movie isn't being super criticized. It's getting decent reviews. Like, it, it's, yeah. I don't think it's standing up to the greatest superhero film of all time in the reviews because there are a lot of people criticizing. But honestly, I just think a lot of that is the, the DC effect. Like, honestly, like, yeah. Half, the, the critics are knocking it because they want to knock it. Every time there's a Marvel movie that we see, which is kind of rubbish, it still gets praise. Whereas it comes to this, it's still getting negative. And y- this might be the best DCEU film we've had. Um, but the special effects that people are complaining about, because like people are like, oh, it's so amazing when you've got two Ezra Millers and they're doing this and doing that. But then you've got like video game, like cartoons. If they're referring to like the opening scene, which we'll talk to in the spoiler yeah. uh, bit, I can see what they're saying, but I think it's done in a way which is meant to be like that because, like, I don't know yeah. about you, but, like, that was half the appeal to me. Like, I can see, yeah. like, it does look a bit like whatever, but it's not, like, Scorpion King levels of bad. It's not, like, even with Ant-Man and Quantumania, like, it's not, you know, Paul Rudd in a green screen for 98% of the film. Like, there was just something about it that was endearing to me that made it even funnier. Like, I don't know if you have any comment about the special effects, but, again, I just feel it's just critics shitting on DC because they can't. Yeah, I mean, there's there's the opening action sequence has you know a sequence with some CGI babies, uh, which <laughs> to, to me that's where a lot of the complaints come from. But at the same time, I get what you're talking about. The appeal of it is that if you're going to be moving this slowly, things are going to look weird, exactly. you know? Exactly. And 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 then it actually works into the movie even more so when he enters the Speed Force, right? Yeah. Which is like the what you nibble the time travel with. Because there it's like, well, it looks even more cartoony, but that's actually the reason for it. And when you get to the end of the movie where there's more spoiler stuff, you realize there's an even greater reason why they need it to look differently there. So to me, it all fits the movie. I mean, I didn't have any complaints about the effects. I mean, the, the most impressive effects is just the, you forget that Ezra Miller oh. is acting opposite Ezra Miller. It is amazing. Is this the best case of a movie where you've had the same actor playing like multiple roles where they've been able to combine it and it's not just purely split screen or they're talking to like the back of each other's heads like can you think of a even I mean, even like the paul Rudd example in quantum mania like they they did that but i don't think there was a lot of scenes where he's like interacting with himself outside of like a 30 Ma- second funny scene michael keaton in multiplicity might be up there i haven't seen that in a <laughs> oh, long time oh yeah that's a long great movie. time i remember that good old michael keaton just brings in the the combinations doesn't he yeah uh, do you want to set up our spoilers here? Yeah. So what we're gonna do here, uh, we, we we should we generally often will do movies like this. We'll do like a spoiler and a spoiler free. And now because we need money, we like to make our spoiler <laughs> episodes payable. So we're gonna because we're we're poor on time. We're gonna record these at the same time. But I'm gonna play a sound effect, and basically what that means is is that if you want to hear, say, however long we talk about spoilers for, you've got to listen to our Patreon. So from this sound effect onwards, you will hear it you will basically go over to Patreon to hear the remainder of it. But after this thing, if you're listening to our spoiler-free one, you will hear us come in with the conclusion, which you will also hear in our spoiler one. So it's a bit confusing. It's a bit multiversy. There's a spaghetti strain going on. But if you're ready for me to press a button, from the moment I press this sound effect, our spoiler-free listeners are not going to hear anything except our conclusion. Our people uh, who are going to pay for us will now move over to hear the rest of it. So are you ready for me to press this? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, let's, let's do this. Oh, and I cannot oh. believe that Dennis Leary was in. Oh, sorry. <laughs> shit, we're back on the uh, unspoiler bit. Sorry, my bad. 
Uh, all right. So if you are very confused still and Ben didn't explain it properly, <laughs> I've been earlier confused on, for a long time. <laughs> you want to know what we just talked about? You got to literally all you have to do is sign up for one month and then cancel it as soon as you listen to the episode. Uh, if you want, we don't care. And people who have paid for this are still hearing this bit. But like, yeah, that's I, mean, <laughs> I literally will get messages still from people. And hello to all our listeners. We love you. But like to, when they send me a message, hey, I want this, you know, Debbie Beebe interview from Survivor Oz. How do I get it? I'm like, sign up. There's a bit of a cheat you can do, people. Like, I get it. Yeah. You don't want to spend $15 a month on us. We're shit. But, like, if you paid one time, if you're, like, $15, you get a month to download, like, 900 episodes, and then mm-hmm. you can just cancel it. That's all yeah, you can we do. we don't care. And we'll take your money. <laughs> we'll gladly take your money. But I'm just saying you get that and, like, the three other episodes we've done. But we will be doing another yeah. uh, a proper Patreon episode hopefully soon. But welcome yeah. back to our cheap people who can't afford to pay. And we should basically give a review on this one buy now it. or a, a rating. This is buy it. There was no, never a question. This is 100% a buy it. For me, the only question is whether I prefer this over Shazam, which I think is still my mm. number one. And, and that's, I even told Jamie that. I'm like, at this point, I'm just debating. I, pro- I probably would say I'd like this a little bit more than Wonder Woman. It's just between this and Shazam. And Ooh, I think this is one of yeah. these things that does need that second viewing because if you don't have that excitement of seeing a movie this big for the first time, where Shazam, you go with no expectations. But it, it's right up there for me. I mean, this is either number one or number two DC. I yeah, and I think like I always say, like I'll never rewatch the Marvel movies again. I I kind of do feel that once we get to the end of this Snyderverse, I reckon I might find the time in the next year or two to rewatch all the DC EU films because it's never a chore to me. And I think we mm-hmm. will. I think we will complete the ones we haven't done since we ended with Black Adam, yeah. right? So there will be three to end with that. Uh four. Sorry, the Shazam: Fury of the Gods. We'll be- um, but yeah, no this. I mean, I think my number one still is uh, Batman v Superman and Shazam. I think from memory is two. Um, yeah, this would be up and with those three. Like this, is, and this is a two and a half hour movie, as most movies are. Breezes by, like absolutely breezes yeah. by. I don't think like at one point did I go, oh my god. And I, again, another complaint I read in a review. Oh, this is too long. Fuck off. Um, Everything's too long these days. I mean, that's not a complaint just for the Flash. If only my penis was. Um, but <laughs> I, I think <laughs> that should have been in the spoiler episode. But no, I this would be in my top top couple um it, but because I, I left the cinema with that feeling of like yeah this was amazing like it was this is how i left after seeing batman v superman um shazam even justice league again i'm that one person like i left feeling <laughs> that way and yeah we are team dc all the way here on the oz network but i have not like outside of no way home and again we can say is that really an mcu film i don't think yeah. i've ever left the cinema of an mcu film uh gone like wow i need to go see that immediately again so um i would Glad if we didn't have so many fucking movies in the next couple of weeks, and we'll talk about in a second. Uh, yeah, great movie. Bye. One, two, Bye. or three for me. Yep. Um, com- coming up in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a mm. few more. I don't know if there's anything coming out next week, but I mean, after that, we're, we're wrapping to- up Indiana Jones month right now. Yeah, this week, Indy will come out, the, the Christmas Skull, and then but there's kind of this, uh, the next couple of weeks, we've got Flash, then two weeks later, it's Indy, then two weeks later, it's Mission Impossible. And I think mm. Barbie comes in the middle of all of that. Um, so, and I'm going to see Barbie. I don't care. Like we've yeah. talked about this, the fact that it just, me too. <laughs> it's promoted so well. I want to see it. Um, yeah. but yeah, so Indy, I, and like actually the trailer for Indy, can I just say, I don't think I'd seen the full one that they've shown beforehand. Cause the way they started it off, it almost, sympathy of the devil one. Yeah. I think it's that the one. Yeah, Cause it was almost started off like a romantic comedy. Cause I'm kind of seeing like, Oh, there's Harrison Ford. He must be in some new movie, like outside of Indiana Jones. Cause he's like, I'm going to retire. And I'm like, Oh cool. What's Harrison up to? And then all of a sudden you start hearing the da, 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 da. I'm like, this is Indiana Jones. Like, yeah, it just it's it's promoted very differently. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I we've heard already there's some bad reviews about it, but I'm also hearing good things about that too. I think it's just going to be another flash. People are just uh, indifferent on what they like now. But Game of Crystal Skull, we've yet to record it, but uh, I, I already know we're going to have some defenses for that movie that people will disagree with, but let us sell you on it. Yes, and I, I haven't watched it yet at the time of recording this, but we'll do it. But can I just ask a quick question for you? Are you more excited for Indie or Mission Impossible, or do I already know the answer? I was I was thinking about that. I'm like, you know, it, it's been so long since Indiana Jones movie. There's probably never been another one, but it's got it's Mission Impossible, 100%. And you're putting uh, together a sort of a similar what we did with Jurassic Park and Spider-Man. Yeah, you're doing a bit so of a there's going off. to be... A best of because we did recaps of the first five Mission Impossible movies. So I've already I've already gone through the first three and picked out best of clips. And there's some good stuff in there that I completely forgot about. Uh, but uh, we'll have a best of for those first five movies. And then I guess the plan will be once Dead Reckoning Part Two comes out, we can wrap it up with like the Fallout Dead Reckoning Dead Reckoning Part Two. I, I've yeah. already got my tickets for both India and Mission Impossible. Uh, so I'll be there opening day for both of those. Uh, I'm I'm excited for both of them, but yeah, Mission re- Impossible is the one I'm more. Excited. I reckon I might be too. Like it's I've got no life, uh, so <laughs> unless you and I are recording that night, I probably will. But and also just a quick teaser as well. I know we keep alluding to it. I think it's on our 24 episode dropping tomorrow, which hasn't been released yet, but we've recorded before this. Um, Nip Tuck 20th anniversary, end of July. Uh, we'll be doing, hoping again to do a little reunion, sort of with some of the cast. Of it. I'm sure Dennis Leary will be on that too. Absolutely. Big star of Nip Tuck was Dennis Leary. But um, yeah, I've been sort of speed re-watching that at the moment just to uh, to get up to speed a lot. Not that I haven't seen it 58,000 times. But uh, yeah, we've obviously been a few years since we did our Nip Tuck coverage. It's kind of, I think, the forgotten one of our rewatches that we did. But uh, it's the 20th anniversary this year of it premiering. So uh, we'll be doing a bit around that as well. Get excited. I'm excited. I know. You love Nip Tuck. It's your favorite. I am. Uh, yep, Ben mentioned 24 will be next, and then King of the Crystal Skull, and then uh, Anniversary Month next month, too. Yeah. So we're going to have a busy July. Uh, make sure to listen to the end of this to do all that stuff. If you don't know how to subscribe to Patreon to listen to what we just talked about a couple minutes ago, <laughs> Dennis Leary! Just listen to the end. Den- Dennis Leary will, will tell you how to listen <laughs> to us. Uh, I'm sure he's going to have a cameo on the end of this telling you how to listen to it. But uh, listen through the end of this, and then you'll know how to go pay us for one month and then cancel because we don't care if you do or not. (laughs) Uh, My name is Colin, and the metaphor is over. The Parmesan is just a garnish. And my name is Ben, and oh, shit. I have to shit outside. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)